Silence! Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Takes All Over the Place. I'm Nick, and as always, I'm joined by the admittable, bibbity bond, blown away Julie. Hola. And our fearless producer, Emma. Today, we're talking, of course, about people in wigs and drag race. Julie, what are your thoughts on UK and US? So many. There's drama, there's terrible clothing, there's funny people, there's surprises. This is a good week of drag race. <laughs> It's emotional, it's heart-wrenching, we have thoughts, we have feelings, most of them anger and despair. But also joy and love. Julie, you also watched a shit ton of things. Oh my god! The documentary <laughs> on the LGBTQ community and how they've been represented on television. And now Wendy Williams, not one but two shows, four hours, back-to-back, -back, lifetime. Wendy Williams, the documentary made about her life, which is after the made-for-TV movie about her life, which is exactly the same story. So you can watch it while she's got her leg press things on, or you can just watch the movie. But amazing. <laughs> know nothing about her stuff. Um, and then we also delve into a fun 80s game where Julie schools me on her musical talents and stylings. Or we could leave it as a surprise. There's a game at the oh. end. Who knows what <laughs> there might be? Who knows what'll happen? <laughs> Stick around and listen, though. <laughs> I'm not a coffee drinker, so, but I was a Coke drinker for a really long time. I can't imagine that's a good flavor combination. No. I mean, why don't you should just do Coke? <laughs> Everyone should just do Coke. All right. Should we get into it? We are already into it. So, I also would up, think babe. that our, our, thank God we're on Zoom, that our personalities lend much more towards doing downers than doing uppers. Yeah. Although, nicotine is my jam. Love nicotine. Way more than I love anything else that I've ever had. Have you ever had Percocet? No. Oh, it's very nice. Is it nice? That <laughs> they gave nice. me 40 of them. I was like, I will take four. You may keep the rest. <laughs> <laughs> four I know, I will lay on the couch, pet my face, and think how soft I am for days and days and days. <laughs> when I was put under um, general anesthesia for the smallest procedure that you can actually have which warrants general anesthesia which was to cauterize a vein in my giant nose i remember thinking i've never felt this amazing i want this all the time so michael jackson i get it totes valium also amazing they also put me on not blood thinners beta blockers beta blockers thank you for my thyroid and that was You're awesome welcome. that was like being somebody who was rested and raised by people and <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, we're going to... As opposed to wolves? Are you Romulus or your Remus? Both. They're like, we're going to destroy your thyroid. I'm like, can I just take these pills? Because these are awesome. <laughs> they said no. Oh, which leads me into my first topic. Oh, my God. I didn't even mean to do this. Because guess who else has Graves' disease besides me? Who? Wendy Williams, who's completely <gasps> insane. Wow. So does I'm Sia, guessing, by the way. Oh. Any kids that why she covers her eyes so you can't see how they bugged out like mine have and Wendy's have. Those big googly eyes, that is a sign of disease. I'm guessing neither of you watched The Nightmare That Was. No, no I've watched it. the memes that I can tolerate of her, and I've watched uh, Naomi Smalls give her interpretation of Wendy Williams. 
You know, that's really all I know Wendy Williams from. I don't watch her show. I don't care about gossip. I just think she's hilariously insane from Naomi. So I, for some reason, I got really excited by this Lifetime movie and then a two-hour documentary afterward. <laughs> so she's lived a really tragic life. But whenever they did this documentary, she must have been in a really raw time. She's sitting with like home leg compressions because she has lymphoderma while eating caviar with flaming hot Doritos. Guaranteed the breakfast, to be. the meal of champions. And like any question they answer, she's like, hold on. And she would just start crying. So it is a car crash that you can watch played by someone else or then played by her afterward. Fantastic. That's, I didn't realize that it was both a Lifetime movie about it and then a, a separate documentary. Like it's two films that they just put back to back. Yes. <laughs> Four so for hours. <laughs> and like the movie itself, it was a, a real Lifetime movie. If anything happened, you would talk about it for two hours. She literally like gets a job, gets raped, quits that job, becomes a superstar, gets a husband, he's abusive, gets rid of him. You're like, whiplash. <laughs> it's real fast. And then the documentary, she just talks over those same exact points again. <laughs> but while She's on the radio next. like, I had five-month miscarriages. Like, that's really intense. Two five-month miscarriages. Jesus. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Are you one of those people when you have a panic attack and start taking off your clothes? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not you know honest. that like I mean I need that to famous. Jacket, but. It's sort of like when you have hypothermia and you have the paradoxical heat situation where you start ripping off your clothes because you feel like you're on fire because you're near death. In a panic attack, you feel near death, obviously. So I just start removing all the constraints while fleeing. So you can track my movements based on the articles of clothing that I've left behind. Intense. Not as intense as Wendy Williams. That sounds wild. Oh I was first exposed to her when she was on her radio show, which was very famous. She got a lot of uh, kudos for that. By and large, she was exceptional. But she was with this homophobic dude who was talking. They were talking about all these different candies. And, um, well, Wendy Williams was making them overtly sexual. And the dude was like, I want to I wanna now and later because I don't want none of that now or later. And she was like, so you like a nice sour suck. And I was like... She's a gem. Well, she's like, don't think I don't understand irony that I made my living talking about people and now everybody's talking about me. You're just like, what's <laughs> happening? What's happening? What's happening? It seems like you really want people to be talking about you if you approved both a movie and a documentary. It was amazing. Um, I would highly recommend it if you can't leave the house during quarantine <laughs> and you wanted to go by at a rapid pace. Like, it's definitely not like long gazes from the Lifetime movie. This is moving, moving, moving. Good acting, good times. It was good times. I is recommend she New York the or documentary. She is maybe Philly, but she lives in New York for a really long time and Jersey. Heard, heard of it. I could, I could sense the different layers of her upbringing through <laughs> your accent and interpretation. I was like, are you feeling New York? warm now? Because there's fire coming out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. I have admitted this. Which is a shame that I phrase it that way instead of just saying, like, I have acknowledged. No, I've admitted begrudgingly that you're quite talented at impressions. <laughs> I'm not. And every week I think I'm going to work on this. And then, you know, I got nothing. I thought it would be more garbagey and more fun. But it was really kind of sad. And she worked really hard. and But doing terrible things and saying really mean, awful things about people and to them. And she and Whitney have a big throwdown. Oh, Whitney. So... Before this was on, okay, on Lifetime, there was a two-hour salt and pepper movie, but I was already involved in something else. <laughs> and then every commercial was the 
preview for next week's Whitney and Bobby Christina movie, which I, I cannot watch. They, and every another one, one? It's a new one. Someone on the ad goes, can you believe they died the same way? They both died in the bathtub. You're just like, stop saying that. <laughs> anyway, if you have the time, I would go Salt and Pepper, <laughs> Wendy's documentary, Wendy's movie, and then maybe Whitney and Bobby Christina. Poor Bobby Christina. God. Poor everybody. <laughs> Bobby Brown's still alive. I know. And then there was an Instagram post of OJ getting his vaccine. I was like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't wish any harm on OJ, but I don't need to know that he got the vaccine before my mother. Um, okay. I have 9,000 things I've watched. What else did you watch this week? So I was relatively limited on my content conception. I've continued down the road of Ugly Betty, which is an absolute delight. I have a very niche, particular trash, like, quota. And I like trashy sitcoms. And that's my game. So Ugly Betty, it's in the fourth season. Things are getting wild because it's sort of telenovela rules where they keep throwing all these soap opera antics at you. But it has a lot of heart and it's so deeply homosexual that I am enjoying this. I'm enjoying this ride immensely. What are the telenovela parts? Like- well, it starts in with a lot of references to a telenovela and there are moments where Betty's off in dreamland and she imagines herself in telenovela-esque situations and highly stylized, super bright, um, like a lot of those Latin shows. Selma Hayek was the executive producer and created it. It was based on, I think, an Argentinian series called um, Betty La Fea, which is, you know, ugly Betty. So (laughs) I don't know if you guys are up on your linguistics, but that's what that means. Welcome, America. So it's fun. It's wild. It's enjoyable. It's trashy. It's melodramatic. It's my life. Are you watching it in real time or are you watching it every 10 seconds? No, I'm only skipping to the plot points that I personally enjoy. (laughs) What are the plot points you enjoy? Anything homosexual. (laughs) Okay. So there are, I mean, in the first season, there's this masked woman that isn't revealed in this whole murder subplot. But I just like this plucky young broad from Queens named Betty who rises through the ranks of a super superficial environment due to her skill and intellectual acumen. That's heartwarming. (laughs) Also, I'm at the point in the fourth season where RuPaul has made an appearance. It was simultaneous with the release of the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race, and there is a drag queen component. They're imitating Wilhelmina Slater, played by Vanessa Williams, and it's a gas. And then obviously- it's super fun. It is super fun. (laughs) Well, I've been watching uh, Visible, which is a like five-part documentary series about LGBTQ on TV, um, what the representation has been. It's on Apple TV, and they start talking about talk shows and how <clears throat> in the beginning they've just used club kids and everybody as a joke, that you know the gays were seen as a joke. And then they show RuPaul on Geraldo or Maury, and this is long long ago and he says to the audience everybody say love i'm like oh my god how long has he been saying that like a really long time time. longer than he's been saying shaka khan (laughs) (laughs) well there are several episodes of visible that are amazing but they go into a whole deep dive about ricky from my so-called life did you guys watch that show Mm-hmm. I did. Not while it initially aired, but relatively recently. No, you were uh, a baby. I but Wilson it. Cruz, I mean, I loved it. Watched it a million times. Jordan mm-hmm. Catalano, mm-hmm. Man of My Dreams, Angela, you know, not the typical. And then Ricky, so funny. And how it really paralleled his life. And he's gorgeous. He's just so gorgeous. Super eloquent. By the end, total puddle. 
complete and utter puddle. Great representation. He said, not a day goes by that someone doesn't say like your story meant something to me. And he went in, Oh, he went into audition for the casting director. And then he was walking out and he turned back and said, look, I don't know if I'm ever going to see you again, but can you please tell whoever wrote this that I said, thank you. And the casting director said, you'll get to tell her yourself. And I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) My God. I mean, just buckets of tears. So sweet. Really great. Did it only have one season or did it go on for two? No, just one season. Which I mean, you have to say progressive for ABC is major network to air in the mid nineties. And then right. Howard Lee to pull it off the air immediately thereafter. I mean, they went pretty far with it. God love them. I mean, I'm glad they did. You know, Jordan was dyslexic and uh, Ricky got kicked out of his house and she was having sex and stuff. Oh my God. And Ryan like Graft is but... the demon. Ryan Graft. <laughs> did you ever watch Degrassi? I watched like, I think the older version of Degrassi Junior yeah. High when they were super Canadian and it was real grainy. So I haven't watched the new version. <laughs> Well, a lot of the actors who were in the original one obviously didn't get work thereafter, so they reprise some of their roles and are either parents or teachers in the new generation. So They were so Canadian, right? Everyone's like, they all have terrible clothes. <laughs> their parents say sorry a lot. What was the show that uh, Michael J. Fox was on where nearly Family all of ties. them are Parkinson's? Only him that I know of. No, three different Meredith people. Meredith Baxter is gay, which you don't get from having Parkinson's. It's a side uh, effect. There are, but there are three people associated with that show that have Parkinson's. I believe you because you tend to know these random things, but I've never heard that. I'm checking. Are you looking it up right now? Hell Truth yes, though. I am. Oh, Fox and three other cast members. Woo! Did I nail it? Did I nail it? Did I, I crush it? I'm sorry to the cast members, obviously. My Mr. Fox, it turns out, was one of four people who worked on a production crew at a television studio in Vancouver, British Columbia in the late 70s and developed Parkinson's disease. So it wasn't necessarily the show. It was the production company. I'm pretty sure you said cast members. Did you hear that, Emma? <laughs> I did, but I'll We're all in this together <laughs> from the lights to the sound to the boom operator. Three other crew members on the show were also diagnosed. Cast and crew. Cast and crew. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the dad from Family Ties mm-hmm. is the murderer on an amazing episode of Law & Order SVU. <laughs> really some good work. <laughs> Meredith Baxter Rooney went on to play <gasps> Betty Broderick in two Lifetime movies about a woman who got pissed at her husband. and because You know, it was like that, I put you through college, I worked while you became a lawyer, and I raised our kids, and then as soon as he gets money, he's like, see a fat one, I'm going for a skinny young lady. So that was really good. <laughs> Did she kill him? Hell yes. <laughs> Good for her. She's still in jail. And then, you know, Justine Bateman, we're still waiting for her to show up on a remake of uh, Arrested Development one of these days. <laughs> Where is Tina Yathers? That's the real question. <laughs> no, that's just a question for me. Yeah. Yeah. Most of these are for you, but. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are too young for family ties. Oh. Is this what happens? Is this what happens during your oral migraines where all the dots just start connecting? <laughs> I the feel floating like you're mist? saying the word oral in a dirty way and it's not oral. Yes, it's not O-R-A-L. Oral. Oral. If you've ever had them, when I got my first one in high school, of course I was like, oh, I'm, I'm hysterical blindness. This is the end of me. 
<laughs> you get these little spots, you know, like when you rub your eyes really hard and you get spots. Mm-hmm. So then it's a little spot and it grows bigger and bigger and bigger until it encompasses your whole vision. You can still see everything, but you can't see details. And then as soon as it's over, I must nap immediately. So luckily I got home just in time to lay down in my coat and hat and scarf. <laughs> I had grabbed the remote to turn the TV on, but I fell asleep with it on my feet. <laughs> what do we call that? Acupressure. <laughs> I guess. Half an hour later, I woke up ready to go. But they have no reason, unless there's a brain tumor I don't know about. Well, or there's you just also something a nap called you weren't going to give yourself any other way. <laughs> yeah, so many things can be, and my doctor keeps fucking telling me this, and I keep ignoring her. Stress can manifest itself in so many physical symptoms, but occasionally it does get so severe. There's something called conversion disorder, where you have blindness, paralysis, and other symptoms that can't be physically explained due to some sort of mental disorder. So now I think I have that. <laughs> Okay, I have one more, and then I'll be quiet. Somehow fell into a well of um, comedians and cars getting coffee, the Jerry Seinfeld uh-huh. show. I've never watched Seinfeld, the show. I didn't like it. Um, and I've never liked Jerry Seinfeld, but please continue. Yeah, me either. And he like goes back and forth from being like this really awesome person. I know he's really into transcendental meditation, so he just kind of is like, you know, things are what they are. And then other times he's a complete dick, but it's been really fun. I went to bed at like midnight. I woke up at two and I never went back to sleep. So I watched most of them, which is like five seasons, but they're like 12 minute episodes. If you fast forward to the stuff about the cars, he, um, terrified, he gets like a classic car that he thinks matches with whoever he's interviewing, mm-hmm. but a lot of them fall apart. So Amy Schumer, they're driving through New York and it keeps breaking down. And at one point she just says, I, I want to get out of the car. I want to be here. <laughs> Anymore. And then he's driving Ricky Gervais and Ricky Gervais is like, we're going to die in this car. I do not enjoy this. Please stop. He's screaming the whole time. Jerry's cracking up. But he meets with Obama, which is really funny and super sweet and lots of great people. They're quick. 12 minutes. Boom. In. Out. Netflix. Here you go. Oh, Alec Baldwin. Very funny. He tells a really funny joke. Highly recommend. Nice. Even if you don't like Jerry Seinfeld, which I don't. Yeah. And you don't even, I didn't know the classic cars were like a part of it. Oh, the first seven minutes are, this is a Porsche 911, blah, 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 blah. What <laughs> is this car for you? <laughs> he's, he's super like middle of the road TM kind of person the whole time. And so Bridget Kelly, I think that's her name. The one who's friends with Amy, um, Amy Schumer brings up a name they bleep out and he goes off and I'm like, it's Bobcat Goldthwait. He's like, why would he have that voice if he had any talent? Why would he rip on me if he, all he could do is talk in that voice? And then I looked it up. I'm like, oh, he does hate Bobcat Goldthwait. Who? But Who does he hate? Bobcat Goldthwait. You know who that is? Mm-mm. That sounds like a Who cartoon is it? dog. <laughs> he, has a- he was a comedian, an actor, and now he's a, a director of movies you probably like. But he was, he had a little, ah! very strange way <laughs> of talking. He would just start yelling in the middle of a sentence. Um, <laughs> I think he's weird but funny. But now he's a very famous director and people like him a lot. But if it was your series, wouldn't you be like, let's cut that part out where I lay into another comedian uh-huh. with like hate, just vitriol and hate. I'm like, what a fun name. Came to the bathroom and, uh, and, and, and somebody taped my butt to the toilet. <laughs> he's learning. Where's where's Macaulay? Wasn't he supposed to be on? Oh, uh, yeah, he was supposed to be on. Where is he? Uh, technical. I don't want to be rude. I mean, I like being on your show, but, you know. <laughs> but you came from I kind of wanted to meet him, you know. Possibly I could be a villain at the next Home Alone or something. <laughs> he went home. Yeah, so he's just weird. 
He's just, I just wanted you to know. Well, should we oh, head down into the <laughs> into the men in a wig? RuPaul's Drag Race, may the best drag queen, best drag queen win. Oh, yeah, they're going to have to redo that song. So we're going to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race UK style. Is Everyone's wearing berets. Yeah. Why? I know, last week it was fucking elf ears, and this week oh. it's berets. I they all feel the very unified. Because um, <laughs> typically drag queens do wear a lot of headgear because... Maybe not disproportionately, but I feel like a lot of the most famous drag queens are bald, so they use that as sort of a shield, and they're usually wearing wigs, so maybe their hair isn't always put together. But I did want to get a beret, so well done. <laughs> it worked on you? I was just like, can you imagine, man, a cute little beret going nowhere? So luckily for these people, they do not have the terrible mini challenge that America gets this week. They had Carnival Limbo. Which was so refreshing, as opposed to literal fucking babies. Why? Why do they do that? Now, have you ever heard of superstar DJ Jody Harsh? I have. Yes. Oh, she's yes. like, she's like the legend of the UK drags scene. She wasn't always a DJ. I don't think. I think she Paris Hilton did and just became one. Well, I didn't take any pictures of the limbo, but I, I did take some notes. I don't remember if they're true. I wrote Lawrence. Lawrence looks like Krusty the Clown. Ginny Everyone Jordan. looked amazing except for Lawrence Cheney. <laughs> Ginny could walk underneath the first one. It was so high. That was really funny. <laughs> She's hilarious. Lawrence is up first. What a shock. Bowing in heels. Veronica Green surprising again. Yeah. <laughs> she could fold in half. <laughs> so strong. Because it came down to her and Tace, right? Yeah. And Tace was doing the full, like, Jamaican body positioning, getting under that limbo. And I didn't have to read into this, but it was based on some of the celebrations that are conducted during the Notting Hill Carnival. So it's um, there's a West Indian population of significant note within Notting Hill. And every since every year since 1966 in August, they throw a little carnival there. So it attracts like two and a half million people each year. Wow. Well, good one. You know what's not fair is to make you pick your best friend and then make you compete against them. Rude. In the words of Asina, rude. rude. I kind of loved it. First of all, this episode felt very bait and switch because I feel like most of us know the standard RuPaul's Drag Race protocol where it's just like fun levity. We're putting on makeup. Everyone's traumas come out. The biggest trauma is sent home. And I feel like they're turning a lot of their old conventions on their head. And heads have been rolling. Joe I was Black, terrified. One. Cherry Valentine, week two. Week three, we'll get to it. What? Well, I was terrified it was going to be Ginny as we listened to her whole story. As soon as we started to hear anyone's impactful story, I'm like, I'm not ready for her to go. I know she's not going to win, but I'm not ready. <laughs> Sorry. I will say that despite all of the ridiculousness and RuPaul's incessant need to put everyone in ridiculous quick drag, occasionally of the infant variety, these conversations about legitimate people's struggles, whether it's in Canada for Starzy and her immigration story about, you know, coming from a country that would literally killed her and she was um, part of many attacks because of who she is versus non-binary. It is 
a very fun show, but also super educational about these things we don't often see. And let's be honest, Drag Race is pretty mainstream now in a mainstream sort of televised event. So that was lovely. And I love Bimini just being like, yeah, yeah, right. I feel the same thing you are, but I'm not crying about it though. So like, <laughs> pull yourself together. I'm wearing yellow. We're non-binary. But she was supportive of Ginny and that was sweet. Yeah. And so was Sister Sister, the most I met liked her. I thought that whole discussion was handled so well. Yeah. And not not where I thought Ginny Lemon was at all. I thought she was coming from a place of, I'm just a silly yellow clown and everything's cool. And you're like, okay. Oh, oh. Yeah. It was quite revelatory though when i felt that bimini portrayed it beautifully when she said there's seven plus billion people on this earth that are expected to fit into this binary of male female and what world is it likely that everyone will subscribe to those two different avenues and it was just like the way she said it was just fucking mind-blowing it was like um a hundred percent you're correct and do i love you yeah i've always loved your name but and when she was that fucking rat and she was just this punk ass sewer dumpster bitch God damn, into it. I know, it's really hard to be like, I heard these sage words of wisdom from Bimini Bobbity Bash Boo. <laughs> Who looks like she crawled out from underneath Katya, you know, to come on Drag Race CC's in the UK. <laughs> so Sister Sister and Ginny get together and their color is going to be pink. Astina and Bimini are going to be in blue. Lawrence and Ellie are going to be in gold. I thought the box was brown. Um, Tace and Ahura are in black. And Victoria, green and Tia are in green. And Tia's like, what the fuck? Michelle Massage tells you every year, I fucking hate green. Do not pick green. Interestingly, she said, every year we know this. Every year we know they're sewing and she can't sew. I've been a, <laughs> I've been a Tia Coffee fan for a while. Are we all on board now? And by a while, I, I mean three weeks. <laughs> You're right. I was off the Tia train. I was. You were on the Tia train much earlier than I was, but no. Love her. God, no one handles what she went through better this week than she did. <laughs> So uh, the only thing I have to say about the Rue walk rooms is why are you such a gossip? When Lauren's just like, there are feelings going on between Chase and Uhura. And you're just like. I mean, for a room full of gay men, season after season after semen, except for Scaredy Cat. Did she say um, season after season after semen? Because that's what I heard you say. Perhaps it was a Freudian slip. I don't know. It's been a year. But there aren't a lot of inter-drag queen relationships that perhaps you would anticipate among a stereotypically licentious subset of American culture and British and wherever the fuck we are. I feel like drag queens don't tend to date drag queens. Well, I'm not asking them to date. I just, you know, you can do other things besides dating. <laughs> Which Brooklyn and Vanjie did. They did. And I loved it. It adds a whole new layer that I enjoy immensely. Sex. Sex. <laughs> Sex stuff. Gay stuff. I, I did love that Lawrence answered the question, is there drama with, I think there's romance. <laughs> so it's like, I felt cute. like she was just circumventing the like, who doesn't like each other with the who does like each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Taste does my favorite sewing move when he sews his own sleeve together. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, have you not watched the pit stops and heard Bob say, I brought pattern because if you can trace, you can cut out a pattern. So should we take it to the runway? Runway? Let's do it. All right. So here we have Tace. So Tace is in this very sort of Versace 90s black and then safety pin together look with the same hair that she rocked during her Welsh situation. I mean, the styling of it is gorgeous. She has great taste. Because yes. she's Tace. 
Did she's you got see great taste? <laughs> okay, Did you see in a pit stop when she's like, they're talking to Ohora and they're like, Ohora, you basically made it. She's like, I did not put my name on that. I did not make that piece of shit outfit. <laughs> Here comes Ohura in, I don't, I mean, you went to fashion school and you're sad people aren't taking you seriously. What is this? She likes, she looks like a dead even amalgamation of Adore Delano and Sharon Needles in this look. I, uh, yeah, but she won. Yeah. So there's that. I feel like they just gave props for craftsmanship. Like, obviously, she did a lot more sewing than Tace, but I don't know that it was worth it in the end. We go to Ginny Diamond, who I think looks adorable. She's going for full Jimbo fantasy here with the TNA and then sort of the Betty Page bang. <laughs> um, she looks cute, though. I like it. I really, I mean, she made a tube, right? She didn't mm-hmm. cinch a waist. She didn't do anything. But this is a totally different look for her, and I think she can pull it off. Totally, yeah. Sister, sister, I don't understand. Why is her face blue? What's going on? I don't quite get it. So if you're going to do adventurous makeup, know how to do makeup. It always just feels a touch sloppy. And I'm not sure I quite get her perspective besides being weird and she's a humor that people don't get, which I think is her way of just saying, I'm not funny. But she obviously, like, can sew. She ruched these pants. She made these sleeves. The skill level is there. The taste level, I'm not sure is. I just don't, like, I love quirky queens, and I love that perspective. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm not quite getting, I guess I don't know her yet. Maybe she's going to win, and that's why we don't know her yet. Well, she beats Ginny. They picked her outfit over Ginny Lemons. Here comes Veronica Green, who I didn't realize was so short. <laughs> when she tastes her hugging later, you're like, whoa, are you a little person? She is short. She's a meter tall. I don't know how big that is. What do we think of this? It's passable. Yeah. She's lined for the gods. She she did line it all. <laughs> it's fine. It's very aerial. Yes. Now, Tia Coffee is not as bad as it could have been. I mean, yes, it's a circle skirt, but she did make a shirt. Sort of. That we get to see the armpit of later. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like she put the skirt over, I'm assuming, an unfinished bodysuit. I mean, she made it work. I love Tia Coffee, and I love how trash she is. Because this look is not great. When she's talking in her talking head, she's like, it's a dress made out of fabric. (laughs) And then their little noodle arms to try and distract. (laughs) Yes, and they're like, that didn't work. That was good. (laughs) They're like, Tia, what do you think we're going to say? And she's like, I think you're going to say it's stunning. (laughs) <laughs> the top. Here comes Astina. Sorry, Astina. I just feel like the vision was lost because she went for very anime girl and she does have the hair, which is frequently seen in anime type representations, whether it's authentic or not. I'm not sure. But she lost the vision that like the dress itself is not bad. I just feel like there wasn't a cohesive vision. I agree with Ice Skater. I feel like you can't even really see her. I feel like she needs to be lit more. Yeah. You have After to change the-, the entire lighting for her, for Lalaurie, for Tamisha. It's just true. Uh, Bimini's look, I love. I think this is the best. Yes, agree. I thought it was amazing. I didn't think she got nearly enough props for this. No, Next, it looks. Like- yeah, it was. I mean, just and that's the thing. Like styling can elevate a look. We saw it all the time on Project Runway where they didn't use the wall correctly, and they were adding embellishments that just ruined it. She understands a vision and how to execute it, and the garment itself was delightful. And she's just punk ass weirdo who threw some Vivian Westwood in there and a lot of ass and loved it. She looked I- like a sexy tea doily. <laughs> 
she won of her, of, between her and Estina, but they did not love her. Here comes Ellie Diamond. It's a it's a lot of women, which is fantastic. And I like sort of the Sophia Coppola's Marie Antoinette embellishment <laughs> of, you know, all these jewels. She never put her hands down because I'm pretty sure everything would fall apart. I just, and this is just a personal opinion of mine, as is this entire podcast. So I don't know why I needed to clarify. <laughs> when it feels like the ruffles on the bodysuit just feel like there's some sort of elephant man situation happening with your labia and they're growing out of control. Wow, I had not gone there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's fine for me. Like, obviously, she knows how to sew something. But it is her typical silhouette. And then Lawrence, Lawrence Cheney. She looks sick. She looks she looks really good in this. Except the hair. <laughs> Jesus, Julie. <laughs> we got a close-up of her makeup. Yeah, I'm not knocked up by it. I would have voted for Bimini over this person. Yeah. yeah, between Ellie Diamond and her. I mean, I wish you the winner of the whole episode. I don't I don't think so. But I was surprised. And I do, I mean, I do think it's genuinely harder. First of all, you have to work with more fabric. There's more to do when you have a larger frame to put it on. She definitely knows how to sew some crap. She sewed the shit out of that. But so Ahura is safe. Veronica and her tiny, tiny self is safe. Um, sister, sister is safe. And Ellie Diamond, well, not Ellie Diamond, but... um. Lawrence Cheney, they're all the winners of their thing. I have everyone with their eyes closed and everything. <laughs> the master of the screenshot. So in the bottom ends up being Astina and Tia Coffey. And since yeah. we've seen Tia cry and everyone's come for her so many times and she won Basic Bitch and then her outfit was terrible, pretty sure she's going to leave. I was convinced that it was going to be Ellie Diamond, Ginny Lemon, Tia Coffey up for elimination. Because they had the most emotional situations. Their garments weren't amazing. Astina being on the bottom shocked me. Astina walking off and leaving shocked me. I do think Tia won the lip sync, though. I think she did, too. But I don't think Astina should have been there, in my humble opinion. Her outfit was boring. And it turns out she is just a body. I mean, she's the nicest person on the planet. Since she left, she's done nothing but write the nicest stuff. And, like, I already feel like a winner. And thanks, everybody. And... She's genuinely sweet, but she brought no energy to that. Really? Joe Black, Sherry Valentine, Estina Mandel. Are you kidding me? But we agree. Whether they should have been in the bottom or not, they were. Mm -hmm. And none of, and all the people that won the lip syncs, I think won the lip syncs. Mm -hmm. You're right. So, I mean, it's shitty that they're in the bottom if we don't think they deserve to be there, but you need to turn it up. <laughs> if it was Tia Coffee and Ginny Lemon, I still think Tia would have won. Love. That's the thing. It's like, that would have so been much an interesting lip sync. <laughs> So much emphasis is placed now on the fashion component. And for me, it's always been the like enjoyable, but it's always been the most throwaway. When you come to a drag queen, it's about the personality. It's about the humor. It's about the vibe. It's about the energy. And Tia Coffee is just so much fun. She's self-effacing. She's ridiculous. She's weird. I don't care that she has absolutely no style. I do not care at all. <laughs> but Astina... Great wa walking out line. Same as they're walking in line. Rude. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> <How's that? laughs> um, next week, they're doing some sort of morning glory talk show, which hopefully will be fun with somebody amazing from there. Who knows? Uh, let's get in that chat box and get some gemstones, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. Bam. <gasps> <gasps> Nick and I died again at 90, and That's Emma insane. gave it a 93. <laughs> Nick and I really are cohabitating in a brain right now. <laughs> it was a good one. I had to get in the 90s because I'll watch it again. I know I will. 
I was just pissed that Estina went home, but I loved the discussion of non-binary identity and having several queens speak on that in different perspectives on their journey, like you said, Julie. And the fashion, I love a fashion challenge. I love when they go, because it was initially conceived as like Project Runway meets America's Next Top Model meets Drag Queens. And so I like when they have to create looks. It's always fun. We were rooting for you, Frank. We were rooting for you. Well, still super enjoyable. Madly in love with UK. Loving it. Sure. Well, Emma, why did you pick 93? Oh, I just loved it. Um, I mean, it wasn't like the best episode, but I felt like by and large, 93% of it made me feel really good. <laughs> She's just nicer than we are. It's not about Some, Sometimes. I, for some reason, was less devastated time. by Estina leaving. I think just because I like was really unhappy to see Ginny Lemon and maybe Tia Coffee being on the chopping block. So it was kind of like it was a it was a twist. I was I didn't see it coming. And the two queens I was really scared were gonna go home didn't end up going home. <laughs> so I felt that emotion more than the sad for Estina, I guess. Are we ready to jump to America? Yeah, I have a feeling Astina and, uh, or not Astina, Ahura and Candy Muse are not having a great week, which is where I'd like to start at the end. Amazing. Let's do it. What are you doing right now, girl? I'm not, I asked the question. I'm not arrogant to you. I was so arrogant. I'm to ask the girls if I'm arrogant. So I'm not arrogant to you. Some of the things you have said, I've, I've thought were a little bit arrogant. But that doesn't make me dislike you. I, if I, I'm saying something that. arrogant in the moment, call it out. I think you're being if arrogant right now, If we think right there's now, something girl. wrong with it. Like, uh, I yeah, mean, I just got called arrogant. No, I'm that's quite that's... defensive and I'm f***ing upset. You just walked in and say, oh, I don't like you because you be arrogant. Girl, get the f*** out of here with that bullshit. Oh, well, that's not bullshit. That's a fact, baby. Like I said, if you don't have stock quality, baby. get the f*** out of here. Girl, stock quality. I've been around 30 years, little that's girl. Fine. And you're on the bottom tonight. Every week, somebody's so, going to be in the bottom. Like Every I week. said. So like I said, little girl, I've been around fine. 30 years. And I'm sitting here pretty. So let me be arrogant. Let me be arrogant, baby. It does not change what I said. I said what I said. I never, ever heard any of you bitches in this competition tell that to me to my face. Now, I just did. I have a lot of thoughts. Let's hear them all. I know everyone, some people on Twitter were saying, this is great TV. This is what I waited for. It was RuPaul's best friend race last season. This stresses me out. This is not fun for me to watch. I've never enjoyed these moments. So I know some people get off on that reality show drama. My blood pressure is a rising. <laughs> just even listening to it, I'm not seeing it. So these just make me uncomfortable. Oh, it didn't, will... You couldn't see it? Why didn't you guys tell me you couldn't see it? I, I didn't know we that was the point. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing that's frustrating, here's here's who doesn't frustrate me. Tamisha Mon, I think, composed herself very well and handled herself in that moment beautifully. I'll just rattle off what I did not like. So... Candy Muse is calling out Elliot with two T's for not being self-aware enough, then demanding that other girls check her own behavior because she is not self-aware enough to realize her behavior. So let's just pot calling the kettle black. You're both steaming hot and being really annoying. So let's address that. Then the fucking click situation, it feels more damaging than the Heathers of season three and the Relaska talks of season five, where it's just this weird, I feel like Tina Burner has a reputation in New York, but is sort of glomming on to the star quality that Got Mick and Candy do have, and is sort of like, I'm part of this, we're like mean girling it up. 
And Gottmik saying, stop antagonizing Tamisha, who has kept a very level tone the entire time, while Candy Muse is saying, I need to excuse myself from the situation because I'm going to punch someone because I can't control my emotions. As Tatiana exquisitely said on Twitter, if you dish it out, you have to be able to take it. You can't just call people boisterously, and then when someone comes for you, crack, and not in like a self-defeating way, an explosive monstrosity. And then she was sort of gaslighting when she came back in and said, I'm sorry, this is what was happening, trying to excuse her behavior. It's like, if you had the self-awareness or any of the qualities that you're calling out these other girls for not having and are self-possessed to realize that you do not have those yourself, perhaps we would have a calmer situation. So... Candy's been getting a lot of hate on the internet, and obviously this is a reality show, and editing does wonders, and we don't know exactly what happened in that situation, so no one should ever spew hate at these people, but also, it did reveal a lot about Candy's character that I do not enjoy, so I will say that not a fan of this, and I'm a fan of what happened, it's still a reality show, I'm sure she's a, she's a sickening performer, and she's got those skills, but this really turned me the hell off on Candy, and everyone else for sort of defending Candy. Tamisha has been in this game. She's a grown woman. I love how she kept saying little girl. She handled her situation so beautifully. Why are you saying that Tamisha is antagonizing when she's just answering a prompt by Tina Burner, who said, so you were in the bottom, you were in the bottom, let's play a little game. And she's like, Candy's like, you the bottom bitches, I'm sitting pretty. I should be arrogant because I'm safe. And no world should safe go to arrogance. I had it, officially. Officially. I agree with you about everything you said, except that it is fun. Um, <laughs> and Tamisha was antagonizing her as soon as Candy basically says we're gonna get we're gonna throw hands. Tamisha's like, oh, you're not gonna hit me, bitch. And Candy's like, I'm gonna circle this room. And Tamisha's like, I'm gonna follow you. Okay, that was, a, but I maybe it's just because I love Tamisha that I didn't mind it. So I do have my, my oh. biases showing there. No, no, because she was saying she, little girl, little girl, but she was being attacked herself. She was trying to defuse the situation by being a petty ass bitch, and I love it. First of all, Candy came for Elliot last week. Like, I thought you should be at the bottom. I'm like, no one asked you. And why are you telling her that? What is the point? And then, does anybody have anything they think everybody should know? Yeah, I still hate you. I think you need some self-awareness. Elliot's like, I didn't ask. So that was some quick-ass karma. Tina, Gottmik, and Candy Muse are the mean girls right now. Yeah. But I wish it didn't, but it does then reflect on the rest of the show, right? Like, I'm definitely not rooting as hard for Gottmik. Or Tina I, Burner. I was big. I've never been rooting for Tina Burner. I will say this episode in particular did shift a lot of my standing. And for whatever reason, Rose is growing on me. And because she had a good episode. She did have a good episode. And Candy Muse, I still think Candy Muse and Gottmik are going to be in the final four because they bring the drama. They apparently have sickening looks, according to the judges. But yeah, my rooting interest in them has diminished significantly. So anyway, that was unexpected. Untucked is usually a snore fest of just. Then you have to watch the queen go home and it's really sad. I will you know? say that Elliot with two T's has been accused of a lot of microaggressions that she's committed against the queens of color. There was one moment where she was describing Simone as black girl magic without the aggression. So Elliot with two T's does have moments that should be called out. And Candy said on Twitter that that was what she was trying to say in the moment. So we haven't seen everything that Elliot has done. But either way, the way she handled it was not great. She didn't say, I feel like you're being microaggressive against the queens of color. She said, I don't think you had self-awareness. Yeah. About what? How are you supposed to know what she's talking about? Exactly. So she, she could have phrased that better in a way. But also, I'm not saying Elliot with two T's is certainly not the victim in this situation either. Tamisha Manis. 
Tamisha Oman, she didn't come to play. The lady said go home, and she was like, no, I'm here to stay. I'm here to slay. I'm doing it. So do we think I said what I said is an Atlanta phrase? Because for me, that's Nene Leaks from the yeah. Real Housewives of Atlanta. And then Tamisha Amon was like, I said what I said. Everyone's like, oh, that's her catchphrase. I'm like, I think it's Nene Leaks and Candy Burris. But they're all from Atlanta. <laughs> Rose, even though what she said was hilarious when she when she's like, I do find some of the things you say arrogant, but it doesn't stop me from liking you. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I thought that was such a good answer. It is terrible when everyone's like, somebody just say it. And then somebody does. And you're like, well, fuck you. You're like, no, please. Love it. I'm here for the drama. We'll see how it goes next week. And the next week, you're going to be like, I'm fine. Whatever. We're sisters. So we have our stupid baby challenge, which what is the point of that? I still don't know. If it's for the baby fetishists, it's great, but it's embarrassing. And I don't like it. And I feel like they feel humiliated. Even Kamora Hall put on Twitter. Um, at least I didn't have to do the baby challenge. Anyway, it's a sewing challenge, and um, we find out the bald queens cannot sew. Yeah, so superstar of this entire sewing portion of this episode is Utica. Evidently, we saw her help Lala Ree. Evidently, she helped every single queen in there. So, and then also completed one of the most stunning garments that I've ever seen, not just on, like, RuPaul's Drag Race, but also Project Runway when they do those mixed materials. That was better than some of the looks there. Just stunning skill. Yeah, so unconventional I, material. Yeah, the unconventional for sure. Yeah, exactly. What did you think of Got Mixed, the eventual winner? I didn't dig it. I Same. actually didn't dig any of her looks. The first I, one was like a cheap bag that your dry cleaning comes in or whatever. And then the anatomy look was fine. The second one looked like she was going to be on the love boat doing the cha- leading the cha-cha on the Lido deck. And the third one I didn't get. Yeah, we quickly established that Utica and... Got mixed sort of have the greatest pedigree when it comes to fashion and sewing. Utica makes all these costumes for different performers and ridiculous scenarios like aerialist and acrobat. So they need to have movement. So it's like structural integrity as well as fashion. And then Utica went to fashion or, or what the fuck is her name? Got Mick. Got Mick went to fashion school. I just didn't love it. It felt I don't love it. Wasn't it wasn't my fave. Utica won. Utica should have won. Missing pictures. I've imported 70 of them and they're not here now. <laughs> well, good thing we can remember all the outfits. Um, Joey was terrible. Her Ivy moment was awful. So someone else had to have made that for her, right? Because clearly it was she a doesn't understand IV, it. but she doesn't get it. I'm sad Joey is gone. I love the way she looks. I'm just going to say it. I think she's, I like her makeup. I think she, I just like her. I'm sad she's gone. She seems like a very nice person. I will miss her. So her I'm a gay ass bitch. I'm Joey J. Yeah, Cute. maybe she's not that talented, but yeah, this is terrible. And then her money bags look gets terrible. Like I work at the mall. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about these coach purses for a second. <laughs> Hideous. Hold on, we have fierce drag jewels, boobs for queens, and now we have coach. <laughs> That's and jump. Then- and then you design, your, like, what did they design it with? Did Coach provide these accessories? None. I think, honestly, Candy did the best job of matching her bag to her look. And then her final look was, uh, it's not there. She, I didn't think it was that bad, honestly. The look. Oh, no. The little, like, Madonna dress that just had, like, yeah. weird things. No, she looked cute. She's cute. Can't, let's go to Candy for a second. This money bags look, I don't understand at all. I liked it. What? 
Yeah. <laughs> it felt very Cardi B. And like Cardi B meets Cardi Rihanna. B would wear a money, a wig hat. I think she has. I think she has. Well, I guess it's me then. But I feel like her design on the coach purse was perhaps the best. I don't know what craft store Michael shit that they did. They were all terrible. This was perhaps my favorite with the look, the pink and the light blue. And I don't know. I did they like decorated them. them. Why didn't they get to keep them? Yeah, they didn't get to keep them. No, <laughs> they did not. And then her first look was the magician. Oh, that's her. Yeah. Yeah. The latex situation. Mm-hmm. What about her bag look at the end, which I can't show you because it's not there. I didn't. So a lot of people were saying it should have been in the bottom. Yeah. I didn't mind it that much just because I feel like she elevated it with the styling. Yeah. The wig was cool. The wig was cool. The fact that she brought her little binders. She's clearly a mean high school girl, and she portrayed that on the runway. But most well, people hated it. I hated every one of Tina Burner's looks. Yeah. 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 Is she? It doesn't make any sense. This is. This has a nipped-in waist. She's got a silhouette, and I still hate it. I don't know why. I've never been a huge fan of mermaid gowns, but just all of it. I know it's supposed to be very hokey, sticky. Then she's wearing Bob's houndstooth. You can't do that. I know. No one can ever wear a houndstooth again. And then the last look, which was the orange dress with like the yellow suspenders, was my favorite thing she's worn. I don't mind when it's not cinched in waist. Like it was sort of just like a baby doll dress that didn't have a lot of shape to it. It was cute. It was the best thing she put together. Um, which isn't saying much. It really isn't. So Denali looked, I thought she looked fine and everything. Her... Day of the Dead outfit that she made herself was my favorite of anybody's yeah. outfit that they made. I would have put that in the top, but her Cruella DeVille wasn't draggy enough for me. And her crash test dummy, her airbag, I mean, I get Brutal. it. The best bag look was from Kimura's. She was a douchebag, and she had this super high fashion sort of um, bell waist looking like a tulip to be the douchebag. And she looks stunning. It's on Instagram. Simone and her big boob weirdness. Her fun bags. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah, I did too. It was clever. It was cute. The Diana Ross nod. The fact that I was like, how did she, she wasted an entire suitcase on those boobs and she popped them? They were balloons. Killer. Loved it. Amazing. I'm with Trixie and Violet. This needed a little cinching. Her boss ass bitch look, but it's still amazing. It's still futuristic. Fantastic. Yeah. Her wears Waldo bikini, I thought was fine. Her face is so pretty. And the hair, you just can't. Yeah. She sells it. And that's the thing. You can have a shit garment if you sell it. Even Lala Ree, which we'll get to, she sold what she could. Lala Ree is obviously does not have a lot of money. Yeah. Or taste. But I still love her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first one, she was a bag of bones. So she's um, got that, which like, the vision itself, I enjoyed. The haphazard sort of capels placement of everything was poor, but I liked the right idea. They took the words right out of my mouth. If there had been a pattern, it would have been cool. And then Violet said if you'd rhinestoned it, but she didn't. Um, her boss-ass bitch look, hair, no hair, and the dress, I thought was great and fine. Once again, yeah. you can't see her. She needs yeah. more lighting. Neck up, she looked great. And I liked the bald-headed look. She looked like this fierce Kenyan queen. And, I mean, the earrings were a little large for me. But 
Um, oh, maybe her bag worked well because it matches the pumps. I don't know. The bags in general were trash. This look was fine, though. And then her just, I mean, literally, like, licking and sticking those gift bags on a corset. Was... That was the worst look I've ever seen on any reality show that has done fashion. It was terrible. She should have been going home for that look, honestly, for that look. Well, alone. they tried. They put her they, in the bottom. They tried. As Nicole Byers said, Utica and Lala Ree had the same amount of time. Yeah, so that was terrible. Um, Utica, I'm her a looks- pilot. If she didn't, if she modeled it instead of making everything a big over the top joke. Well, I think it worked for the second one because she was supposed to be Carol Channing meets Chicago. So I got that sort of dramatic stage shimmy sort of situation. Peeing on the stage as the poodle look was. (laughs) (laughs) And her sleeping bag couture. And then with her like concentration camp Joan of Arc haircut underneath, I was just like, whoa. She looks amazing. No one, everyone was saying, I think. Because Gottmik had the overall styling and energy. She was the best. Utica still had a vision. It was avant-garde. It was fashion. It looked cool. It was well-constructed. All of it was just insanely good. Um, We skipped over the very boring Rosé in her bagpipe outfit and her big business outfit. But I did really like her homemade dress that spun, the silver one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not surprisingly, uh, the fact that Rosé is Scottish really made me like her a lot more this episode. <laughs> she got a much better epi- edit this episode. Everything yeah, she, she said did. wasn't like snarky. She was an adult in um, Untucked. So, yeah. I think being put in the bottom at the beginning was probably the best thing that could best have happened thing for Rosé. Because <laughs> look what's happened to Gottmik, Tina, and Candy. Ego monsters. <laughs> Pure trash. Ego monsters. This is the Stanford prison experiment. All, all over again, <laughs> where they are the guards and they have gone drunk with power. So we find out that Lalaurie and Joey are going to have to lip sync against each other. Your thoughts? Did you agree with the bottom two? It depends. Are you just judging on their final look? Then I would have put Candy in the bottom. Oh, uh, we didn't even talk about Tamisha and all of her terrible looks. I mean, because I want to remember her fondly. <laughs> yeah, her bag of bones, old lady, didn't make any sense. Her power suit lady, also from Bebe or Express, and then the end outfit, not great. Yeah, it was very just like glitter monster. Um, so yeah, I chose to overlook it because I love her and she can do no wrong. So I choose not to see the wrong. I think she probably deserved to be in the bottom, but. Um, Lalari had to be there. I don't think Joey did, but Joey's just not there. So I think she just needs to go. Uh, Gottmik won overall. Do you agree with that? No. No. You would have gone Utica? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It was so good. The look was so good. She's annoying, though. I don't think she is as much. (laughs) I'm with Violet in that you need to go out and sell the garment. But it's also, it's not a fashion show, it's a drag show. I thought her being a dog was selling the garment. <laughs> Thank I'm you. way more yes. charmed by her shtick than Violet was, and than you are, clearly. <laughs> oh my god, and then, like, what even Carson's like, I love the giant earrings that you were wearing on your shirt. I'm like, no. They're, <laughs> I, if we all know their earrings that you've worn in a previous challenge, and they're glued onto a shirt, I don't... That's not impressive to me. Yeah, that look was my least favorite. Which, like, to be fair, it's not Gottmik's fault that she won over Utica. But she shouldn't. That's have. not why I disliked her from this episode. Oh, no, she was being a straight-up bitch. 
Yeah, and untucked. And also, you can just feel that vibe. And they're like, we're helping Candy make a dress last week. And this week, the three of us are doing this. And you're like, this never turns out well. Relaxa Talks did not win. One of the Heathers did win season two. but So we finally get to the lip sync. Iggy Azalea's Fancy, which I feel like is a pretty good song. It's a solid one. I like it. To lip sync to. Not a lot of room for dance moves and what have you. Yeah, I mean, Lala, I do think, won this lip sync. But I don't think Joey was bad. I thought it was closer than a lot of people are giving it credit for. And Lala was doing the sort of the Denali thing that she was clearly knocked for, where her her chest was exposed because everything fell apart. She didn't even wear a full bodysuit. I did think she was actually going to get sent home since she immediately took off her purse hair and then yeah. her outfit was gone by the end. Uh, I thought Joey commanded the stage. I thought she looked amazing. But it was like, this is my set routine, whereas Lala is so seasoned that she can be in the moment. So when Joey threw up all that money and then Lala goes to get it, you're cracking up. You know, that was really funny. And she can sell it and command the stage. That's just a seasoned professional against a younger queen. Yeah. So next week, they're going to be making a dancing documentary about disco. Woo! The gays are doing disco so hard. It's crazy. Kylie Minogue. Everybody's got Dua an album Lipa. out. Yeah. Dua La Peeps. Dua La Peeps. I know what that is. So. <laughs> All right. Shall we head to the chat and uh, get our gemstones of fire in? <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. Oh, I don't like my score. Hold on. The untucked brings it up and then the show brings it back down. So ready, friends? Let's go. Oh. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Nick, 83. Emma, 85. Julie gave it a 92. What is wrong with you? Julie wow. loved it. Julie loved it. <laughs> Julie loves drama. <laughs> Julie does love drama. I hate the baby challenge. I hate the baby challenge. I watched that on Chuck's like five times. See, that's the thing. I hated I hated the drama. I hate I hate that. I hate it. Did not like the baby challenge. Always freaks me out. Did don't pretend to be asleep. <laughs> Didn't like the baby challenge. Didn't like the untucked drama. Um, scores and standings for Gottmik, Tina Burner, Candy always dropped. I don't like like not like I sort of actively rooting against Queens like in the competition. I'd like for them all to go home now, um, which I don't love. I did renew my appreciation for Tamisha Amon. Um, the whole sort of Elliot versus Candy Muse isn't sort of it, there's the gray area of you know Elliot doesn't seem like a great person and Candy Muse was just off her fucking rocker. And I didn't agree that Utica didn't win. 83. <laughs> Considering last week was the best lip sync in the history of our lives. Yeah. And this week was the worst dress in the history of the show. Yeah. It was, a, you know, there was nowhere to go but down. True. All right. Should we play a game? Yes. First of all, what, Julie, what is your sound? Julie, what is your sound? Mine's bang. <laughs> All right. There'll be 20 songs. You have seven seconds to guess. I'm so excited. Uh, uh, I'm still standing. Julie. I'm still standing, Elton John. Yep. Elton John, I'm still standing. <laughs> Damn it. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fun fact, which is as a as a child, Elton John didn't need glasses, but wore a pair anyway to look like Buddy Holly. What score? One to nothing. One to. Calm nine. down. We've got twenty. You put that from the eighties, so it's, you're not going to. Yeah. 
Nope. Ah, Bing. Is what it Kylie you? Minogue? It is Kylie Minogue. Do you know the song? No, can I get point five? You should get a point. You get point five. It's I Should Be So Lucky. Somebody loves her because Kylie. You could have waited. She would have sang the chorus for you and then you would know the full song. I know. It's so stupid. That would have been more than seven seconds. I wouldn't have given you that. Nope. No one? No. Yeah, I don't know this one Modern Talking, Sherry Sherry Lady. Not real. We have you to made wait. that up. <laughs> Modern Talking were the first band from Western Bloc, which was allowed to officially sell their records in the Soviet Union. <laughs> 80s banger. No. Interesting. Ugh! Ballet. Ah, true. Damn I it. know this. Spando Ballet. True. Much is true. So Poor I co-opted your sound. I didn't even get a chance to say bang. Uh, say 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 it's um paul mccartney and uh, michael jackson no yes these aren't even like mainstream hits In 1985, Jackson bought the publishing rights to most Beatles songs and thus ended his friendship with McCartney because he felt betrayed. (laughs) (laughs) Nick! Go. (laughs) Nick. Tina Turner with Love's Got... What's Love's Got... What's Love Got to do with it? What's Love Got to do with it? Good job. Ah, I finally got it. What's the score? Two to one One point seven five. No, three to to one and a half. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, it's um, it's um, J. Julie, uh, I'm so excited, Pointer Sisters. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> J. Julie. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, sexual oh, healing. Um, shit. Uh, gay. Marvin Gaye. Julie yeah. was still working on it, Nicholas. <laughs> Hot, just, Hot like just like an like oven. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesse's girl Rick Springfield from my roller skating pizza yes. parlor in the basement of my house. <laughs> I played this album "Working Class Dog" every day when I pretended I was a roller skating pizza parlor waitress in the basement. This is not. This is not a fair game to Nick. He's too young. He's what? doing pretty well. Oh! Nick. Oh. Um, um, tainted love. Yes, tainted bye. love. I have Soft no sell. Idea. Half points each. Okay. Half points each. <laughs> so there was a bar here called the Clubhouse. And for some reason, you could get in there even if you were under 18. And they had under 18 night or whatever. So at this point, I'm like super chubs. Big, big, big and girl. And I have gone from being a hippie, like wearing jingle skirts and Birkenstocks, to shaving the back of my head, dyeing it black and wearing bright red lipstick and tight clothes with um, black and white striped um, thigh highs. Yes. Right. So I'm at the clubhouse because that's where the cool kids go. And my friend Leah Woods, shout out wherever you are, 
we decided to get drunk for the first time. So we fill up a tumbler with rum and put like a whisper of Coke on top. Cause that's really cool. And so we get wasted. <laughs> I pass out in the corner of the place. It's all gay men and like fat girls. So it's great. And then I wake up and my friend Josh has cloaked me in his cape. I wake up and I start <laughs> dancing to that song and he looks at me, he takes his cape and he goes, sit back down. And the next thing I remember is Leah going, put your finger down your throat. And we're trying to vomit like outside so that somebody can drive home. What's the score? Uh, five and a half to Julie to Nick. I am aware. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Julie. Nick, you're doing great in the 80s. Yeah, considering you were born in when? 91. 90s. 91. <laughs> If I don't win this, I'll be upset. Uh, <laughs> Rick Astley. Shit. Um, hold on. <laughs> I know that you're next. No, 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 no. Uh, I just want to say, never going to give you up. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well Who else is after me? Got them. Everyone probably knows this from all of the Obama mashups of 2007. <laughs> Getting Rick rolled became a thing. <laughs> Uh, let's Julie. dance, David Bowie. Yes. Oh, no. mm. <laughs> broken arm dance. This is how they dance in the 80s, right? Like the horror. Big, 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 big. Nick. <laughs> um, da, na, na, na. She's a super freak. Super freak. Super freak by um, Rick James. Yes. <laughs> She's a super freak. I'm so glad you got in there because yeah. I thought she was MC Hammer at first. Nick. <laughs> celebrate good times. Come on, celebration. Bye. Well, that's not fair. I'm not hot. Uh, I'm super. Julie, you can have the point. <laughs> cool in the game. Yes, I knew you knew it. <laughs> I was thinking Casey nice. Sunshine. It's a celebration. Uh, Julie. Bobby McFerrin, don't worry. Be happy. Be happy. The most depressing song ever. <laughs> uh, Bing. Julie. Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Yes. That's good. I was going to say When the Night Falls. Spoiler alert. I'm not actually a huge fan of Whitney Houston. <gasps> I'm pretty sure they're going to take away your gate card for that one. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bing. Uh, <laughs> Nick. Um... Every breath you take, you too. Wrong. With or without you, you too. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it. I got a half a point, though, right? Totes. With, isn't it called with or without you? Is yeah, you said one? every breath you take, which is sung by the police. Oh, damn it. <laughs> every breath you take. Nick. Never stop. Stop me up. Um... <laughs> Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Start me up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, cool. Grown man cry. Song 19. Two more left. Uh, wait, what's the score? Uh, really? Oh, no, I'm wrong. Get, let it play for next. I don't know. I was going to say Amy Grant. This time. Again. <laughs> well, it's Queen. Uh, Bing. Okay, yeah, that, I was just going to say Queen. But I don't know the name of the I song. I was going to say the police. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
Well, I don't know the name of the song. Is it Break Free? Mm-hmm. Nice. That doesn't nice count. That counts. That counts. I just recognized. Ten to seven, Julie. Last song. Wow. Hey. <laughs> I'm walking on sunshine. Bye. Whoa. Bye. Um. Katrina and the waves. Yeah. Right. Very impressive, Nicholas. They do it on the inspector all the time. And don't you feel good? Well done, Julie. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. <laughs> I'm so mad I lost. Really? You you only no, lost by two points for the 80s. I know. I'm very impressed with you. You don't have to console me. It's fine. I'll I'm not. Fine. I am impressed. I expected to <laughs> demolish you, like 19 to 1. <laughs> well, you literally helped me out in each one. Viewer, Gentle viewers at home, when Katrina and the waves, she was doing waves. <laughs> she was <laughs> cluing me into <laughs> everything. Not hot, but... <laughs> <laughs> cool. I knew it was in there. I knew you knew cool. <laughs> well, uh, anything on the books for next week that we're excited about besides all the drag content in the history of the world? <laughs> I was supposed to start Buffy and I didn't. I do want to start WandaVision. Okay. I'm down for that. Oh, hold. There is a movie on the Hulu channel. Somebody's name and then life in and of itself. And everything I've read said, do not read anything about this movie before you watch it. And someone else, someone that we like posted, like, you're going to cry. And, like, you'll thank me later. Derek Delgadios? Yes, Derek. So let's let's try and watch that if we can. It's supposed to be great. The description just says, uh, in and out of itself, is a new kind of lyric poem. It tells the story of a man fighting to see the world through something. I don't know. I read a couple of reviews and everyone says it's outstanding and that you need to know as little as possible before you watch it. It'll ruin it if you know. All right. I also think we should try um, your name engraved herein. It's a It's an Asian gay movie. I mean, I watched Bling Empire. Isn't that enough? (laughs) Your name engraved? Herein, yeah. Okay. It's on Netflix. I see you. I see you. Oh, you know what else I watched this week was both seasons of Blown Away, which is the reality competition for blown glass, which I know sounds like whatever. But if you like Bake Off and you liked the pottery throwdown, the art that was created was amazing. I'm not a blown (laughs) glass person, so I just like reality competitions. But literally, there was two different episodes in each season where I was like, oh, my, I'm actually moved by a piece of blown glass. That's amazing. And you can say blown constantly. Love it. Love it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week. I mean, you crushed it. Say bye. Bye. (laughs) And scene. Perfect. Takes All Over the Place is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank. <laughs>